That being said, happy Father's Day uh, to you guys. Um, whether you have children or not, you have a following. And so, Garrett, leading those boys in vacation Bible school, when you, you don't have children yet, man, this message is for you. You have a following. Braden can't say enough about you. I said, I wonder if Mr. Garrett babysits and Braden goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah. So I've got a feeling you may be hit up. I know you have a life. But uh, you may get hit up by a lot of moms going, who's that guy that taught my kid in games? And Eugene, thank you. Mike Creekmore, thank you. All the young leadership guys, there's too many in here for me to name, youth group, age, leadership guys, David, you guys. Uh, thank you for being men serving children. Thank you. I, I expressed that to Eugene one day, but I didn't get to express it to the rest of you. But thank you for being men leading children. They need to see that, uh, whether they have it home or not. It, it's important. Go with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians 4. We'll get into today's message. I'm not going to keep you long. I want you to go home and spend time with your families. I, be, I believe that's one of the most biblical things you can do. But when I heard this passage last week, I had never used it in reference to Father's Day. And it's, it's obviously, when you get to talking about this, it is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing the church at Corinth, and he is talking to them about spiritual fathers. Spiritual fathers, spiritual teachers. But man, when I started dissecting this, I saw so much about earthly fathers. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14, I'm reading out of the NIV. The Apostle Paul starts off by saying, I'm not writing this to shame you, but to warn you. And I want to echo what he just said. Anything we talk about today in fatherhood, it's not to shame you, it's to warn you. And I don't mean warn in a, in a negative sense, it's alert you know you need to we sometimes we need to be awakened to the truth and gentlemen you have one of the most powerful positions and I know that y'all are conquerors you bring the you bring the meat home and put it on the table brother you know you go out you're going to win the game you go to war but the most powerful position you may see as the most mundane, but it's happening every day in your homes. And so today, I, I'm not writing this or saying this to shame you, but to awaken you, to warn you. He says, as my dear children. So the Apostle Paul is serving as a spiritual father to the church of Corinth. And he said, I, I want to instruct you as my dear children, even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. King James Version says teachers. Though you, you may have 10,000 teachers in Christ, you do not have many fathers. That just jumped out at me. And I'm going to put this on the earthly side, okay? Spiritual and earthly go together, right? Your children can Google how to hook up a battery charger. But that is not 
like you showing your child how to hook up a battery charger. I don't want to oversimplify this, but let's let's oversimplify. There's a difference in a teacher and a father. And Paul is pointing this out. He said, you may have 10,000 teachers, but I'm not seeing very many fathers. You can hand... You can hand your child a book about sex, but it is not going to be near as powerful as you sit down with your boy and you tell him what it's like to be a man. Thank you. You can say sex in church. It's God-ordained. You, you can talk to your daughter and, and, and you know, hand her a book. Or you can show your daughter how a man should treat her. There's, you think in the scripture they said you could have 10,000 teachers? Right now, your children could have millions of ter- teachers and it could be from anybody, from any background, anywhere in the world. And it may not even be who they say they are. And they are teaching your children, guys, you need to be present, not just your wives. Not just your wives. Your your kids need your manhood. You are a man because God made you a man. He ordained you to be a man. He gave you assignment as a man. Your gender is holy and it is a necessary part of the plan of God. You have 10,000 guardians in Christ. You do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Just note that there's a difference between a teacher and a father. And I'm going to borrow a statement from an acquaintance of mine that I met a little while back through Project Hope. He had said, he was quoting somebody else, so I don't know the original sayer. But he said, teachers inform, but fathers impart. Teachers inform, but fathers impart. You can't teach. You can teach what you've read. You can teach something that you've just read about, but you can impart what you've lived. And our kids know the difference. And that's why I think Transparent parenting is important. Now, they don't have to know all the dirty laundry. But sometimes they need to know the principles. They need to know what the battles are of manhood. They need to know that they were made to be sight-oriented. And when they see a pretty girl, something's going to light up on the inside of them. They need to know that's normal. They also need to know how to control it. A girl needs to know that she's going to find a boy cute. And that she's going to want his attention. But she needs to know how, what to do with that. And, and your impartation is so much more important than your instruction. And please don't tell your girls you can't have a boyfriend ever. Dads. Because as dads, you're like, I don't want you to ever have a boyfriend. No, no, no. 
No, Dad, you want them to have the right boyfriend, and you're the one that's going to show them who that is, what that is, what to look for. So we can instruct or we can impart. We can pass on the knowledge that we've gained in our own life, and they know when you've lived it. They know when you mean it. Our, our parenting has to be relational and not just instructional. And I know that's a lot different than some of the older generations did things. You didn't talk about that. I get tickled at mom. Talk, mom's 83. And she'll talk. You should be glad. Thank you. And I remember her telling me, you know, I won't say why she said it, but it wasn't because of me. It's just things she would see on social media. And she'd say, well, I remember back in our day, you didn't even say, you did not say a girl was pregnant. You didn't say they were pregnant. They were in the family way. I know, right? And so they were ignorant. They were, ignorant's not a bad word. It doesn't mean stupid. It means they were ignorant. They didn't have any understanding. And then these girls would go get married at 16, 17, 18 years old back in the day, and they didn't have a clue what was fixing to happen. We've got, we were put in the parenting position to parent. Not just to post their little pictures on social media so everybody can see how cute they are. We were meant to parent, to be relational in our instruction. Verse 16, I guess I better finish this verse. I, I really thought I was going to be short today and I took 10 minutes on that. Therefore. What's the word therefore mean? Look and see what it's there for. You can look above and see what it's there for. Because there's all these teachers but not many fathers... Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. Oh, fathers, this is the difference between a teacher and a father. A teacher says, do what I say. A father says, do what I do. How many times have parents said, don't do what I do, do what I say? That's not scriptural. Therefore, because there's all these teachers but not many fathers, I urge you to imitate me. Imitate me means follow me and mimic me. Oh, you want to have kids, do you? Just go around saying this for a couple of days. When I have children, I want them to mimic me. When I have children, I want them to follow me. It's too late, Sarah. The baby's on the way. <laughs> I want this child. Look, your kids don't expect, nor do they even want you to be perfect. They want you to be real. They want you to talk to them. They may act like they don't want you to talk to them. But they really do want to know what you know. Talk to them anyway. My mother talked to me when I did not want her to talk to me. My dad was a man of very few words, so if he said something, generally we, we perked up and listened. 
uh, just because the fear of the Lord. <laughs> he was a good dad. Have good parents. Imitate me. Follow me. Mimic me. For this reason, I'm sending you Timothy, which was his protege. I'm sending you Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach. Oh, my way of life agrees with what I teach. Isn't that a great parenting passage? That Paul could say that? You're being followed. That's what I titled today. You are followed. You are being followed. You are being mimicked. You are being imitated. And you know what? You just do things differently when you're aware that you're being followed. Have you ever had somebody and you say, hey, when we first built our house, our address wouldn't even show up on the GPS. We say, just follow me. Do you know when you know somebody's following you, you drive different? I drive way different when I know. You ever had a cop follow you? I'm just saying, that's horrifying. It's like, did I hit my blinker? Did I turn my blinker on? Did I come to a complete stop? Or was that what they call a California stop? Cruise on through the stop sign. He's California boy, he knows. He's done a California stop before with a cop. <laughs> so there's a lot of personal stories going around the room. But when you know you're being followed... You just do things differently. I'm going to borrow the words of the Apostle Paul here and, and, and remind you that I, this is not to shame you, but to warn you. You're being followed. So if I know I'm being followed, if you know you're being followed, today we're targeting the guys, okay? If you know you're being followed... Love your, your wife or the mother of your children like you're being followed. Even if you're divorced, do not attack your children's DNA. Amen, let's go home. No offering today, guys. And if you know you're being followed, work like it. Y'all, this just goes across the board. I mean, how many things can we list right here? If you know you're being followed, oh, man, it's state, it's state tournament week. If you know you're being followed, coach like it. If you know you're being followed, cheer like it. If you know you're being followed, talk like it. If you know you're being followed, Read and pray like it. If you know you're being followed, praise like it. Do you want your children to have freedom in praise and worship that you've never had? Give them something to mimic. If you know you're being followed, spend like it.
just get out the plastic card. That's the age that this generation is being brought up in. Just get out the plastic card. It's not even seen as money. Cash app, PayPal. It's just money being switched around and they never see the money. If you know you're being followed, watch TV like it. Listen to music like it. If you know you're being followed, eat like it. If you know you're being followed, act like it. I need this reminder. I have grandkids following me around. I'm telling you, Jordan Paul is such a mimicker, such an imitator. You say it, he says it. You do it, he does it. I mean, he knows how to start the four-wheeler just because he watches Papa. He knows what button to push. You have to watch him because he's going to be mimicking you. We've got to live like we're being followed. And, and what I hope is that, that we become like Abraham, what God said about him in Genesis 18. Abraham was not perfect. But God noticed something about Abram. And he chose for Abram to have a child that would be the lineage of Jesus Christ because he knew something about the man. And this is what he said in Genesis 18 verse 19. He said, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. After him. After him. After him. They will follow him. That's what he just said. He will command his children and his household after him. They will follow him. I know they will follow him. Abram is a leader. His children and his household, they will follow him. And they will keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. I know something about him. His kids are going to follow him. That's a powerful statement. And I want to go back to, obviously, you don't have to be perfect to parent. But you do need to be sincere. And this is what you'll see when you go back and you study the dads of the Bible. And, and when I began to look at dads of the Bible, it was really hard for me not to absolutely do the whole message on this. But I looked at different dads who, who, who messed up but kept going. And one of those guys was David. And David would make, King David, he would make some pretty major mistakes. But he would keep going and it was to the point that 1 Samuel 13, 14 says, The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed David. He, he was a man after God's own heart because of his sincerity that even when he messed up, he was correctable and he would keep going in the plan of God. And that's... I think one of the most powerful gifts you can give your children. And when I started thinking about these guys in the Bible, it hit me how inundated our children are with false perfection. What is pictured to them on TikTok and, and all, I don't even know all the forms that they have now. I probably don't even want to know all the forms that they have now. But you as parents, y'all better know. Yeah. You know, you better study it out. Talk to people who know. Talk to Dylan. 
Say, hey, Dylan, what do I need to be watching out for? What are the young people into? Talk to some of these teachers. See if they have any knowledge of, of what kids are into. Some of these young people like Garrett, at, you know, the younger generation that knows what's going around right now because they are being inundated with pictures of perfection. And you know what's happening? They're killing themselves because they can't live up to it. Because their life doesn't look like that life that's being pictured. But when you come to them and you talk to them, when, when they get of age, I remember dad used to say, we're going to have a family meeting around the table. And we would go, I'll never forget that fruit wallpaper. bright yellows, greens, and red wallpaper in our kitchen and that white wrought iron table. And we would gather around that table and he would say, we're fine. We're never going to go hungry and you're never going to go without, but we need to tighten our belts right now. Which was an old way of saying, we're fixing to tighten up the budget. We weren't going to go without but hey, the frivolous spending is going to be held back for a little while while we get on top of this. And on, on what a relief it was that my dad did not hide that from me that sometimes even in a prosperous home, and we were in a prosperous home, that there was times that wisdom said, pull it back. He took her checkbook away. <laughs> He put a notebook on the counter. He said, I want you to start writing down everything you spend. She never did it. <laughs> she couldn't do it. And uh, I'm thankful because a lot of that money was probably spent on me. But, you know, let's be real with our kids as we can. Because that false, false perfection is, is leading them down a lie that they are never going to be able to live in. They're always going to think they are a disappointment and a failure because all of this stuff is put in front of them. Even women's skin and, and their looks, it's filtered. And they've got this false perception of what life is. You know, we need to be sharing with our children life story in relation to the word, that's not of lack of faith to say, hey, there are times that you're going to need to know, cut up your credit card. There's times that you're going to need to know, you know, to shop your insurance. Hey, dad's shopping the insurance. This is why. We're, we're not parenting. We're sending them to school like they're going to teach them something applicable Sorry, teachers. That's supposed to aid what you're teaching at home. And homework is not life skills. We, we need to be showing our children lives and how to live the life of faith. But we got to give them the practicals or they're not going to know what to do when they leave your house. And you're not there to take care of everything for them. 
God has never demanded perfection in leadership. He's always just looking for the right heart. And that's all he's looking for us in parenthood is for us to be humble, to ask for his help, to be sincere, to be transparent, to be repentant. Like David. Proverbs 20 and verse 7 says, The righteous man walks in his integrity. The righteous man walks in his integrity. That's a daily thing. He walks in his integrity. And blessed, this is out of the Amplified, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable are his children after him. Why? Because they, they're following him. And if, if, if the righteous man walks daily in his integrity, if he walks like he's being followed, that's integrity. If you live like you're being followed, if you walk like you're being followed, then your children will be happy, fortunate, and enviable because they got to follow after you. Not, perf not perfection, but integrity. There's a huge difference. I believe the Lord wants to encourage us today to walk out our integrity. This fits us all, not just dads. It fits us all. And when you stumble and you mess up, if your children are of age, have the conversation. It's okay to apologize to your children. You know why? Because they need to learn to apologize. I've apologized to my kids. When you, when you react out of anger and you say something you shouldn't, go to that child and say, I handled that wrong. I was right to correct you, but I was wrong in how I did it. Let me rephrase what I said. This is what, I'm, this is what I should have said. And you know what? That's great. What are you teaching them? That, that you're a bad parent? No, you're teaching them that you are a good parent. And you're teaching them how to parent. And, and forgive your kids. Forgive your kids. Kids, forgive your parents. That's how you keep generational curses from being passed down. When, when both sides are willing to let go, that's, that's beautiful. But if the other side's not willing to let go, you let go. And that's how you break generational curses. You know, I, I, I believe it was my senior year, which was a long time ago, 1985 to be exact. I wrote a paper on child abuse and it was absolutely astounding to me when I did the study and found that most abusers had been abused. Did not make sense to me. I went to my dad. I was like, what is this? Why, how could a child who's been abused become the abuser how come the child of an alcoholic could become an alcoholic they they hate when they hated what their parent did how could they become that and I was waiting for this really long psychological explanation from my dad and he said unforgiveness I know it's it's a big it's a big word but if we want to be good parents, we, we apologize when we need to apologize because we are teaching our children grace and forgiveness and we're going to need that seed planted so that it's fed back. 
We don't have to pass on the things from the people above us unless we choose to. Oh, let me see. Man, I promised to get y'all out of here early, didn't I? One more thing. God dealt with me about when I was looking at these dads in the Bible. Permissive parenting doesn't work. Passive, permissive parenting doesn't work. When I began to look at Eli, the prophet, when I began to look at King David, when I began to look at the prophet Samuel, and they had children, they were men of God, they were great men of God, but there was not a consequence to their children's actions... That, that permissive parenting, that passive permissive parenting, not giving consequences to their children's actions, caused their children to fail. It was bad. Y'all can go back. You can study Eli. You can study his children. You can study Samuel, the prophet. And you can study David as dads. You know, David's, David, one of David's sons raped one of David's daughters. Keep it quiet. Don't say anything. That was a failure. It caused problems in the family. So go back and look at that. I won't spend a lot of time there today. But my my point goes back to don't overlook things on purpose. That's probably one of the biggest mistakes I did as a parent is overlooked things because sometimes you just get tired of dealing with things. And you just think, You can just pray about it, and it's going to get better. Parents, I'm not here to shame you. I'm here to warn you. We've got to be talking to our kids. Let's let's end there. I I want to pray over you. I want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit of the living God lives on the inside of you. And if there's something that you need to deal with in your children, y'all can go ahead and stand. If there's something you need to deal with with your children, there will be a knowing on the inside of you. And we, can, we don't want to ignore that. How many of you have ever felt that? When you feel that, don't override that. When your kids are doing something wrong right under your noses and you see it, To ignore it is irresponsible as parents. But to deal with it, whether it's popular or not, to address it brings light to it. It it brings such a light to it. It's going to be a relief to your child that you address it. They may not know it yet. They may not feel it yet. But we can't let darkness go on in our homes under our noses. Because we don't want to upset our kids. And when you're a single parent, that's really tough. Because there's an underlying fear that if I address this in my house, they're going to go live at their house. Well, we don't parent by fear. We parent out of love. And so I know today's message was a tough one, and it's addressing some things. But it is because God loves fathers. You are made in his image and after his likeness. You carry his title, Father. 
You know he believes in you. You know he set it up where you can do it successfully. Not perfectly, but successfully. And you know he wants to help you do it. So, y'all ready to receive that? I want to I receive that as a grandparent. Just, Father, you know the hearts of our children. You know the hearts of our children more than we know the hearts of our children. You know the thoughts that are going on that, that need to be dealt with before they become actions. So we open ourselves up to you both as fathers and mothers this morning to say we don't want to overlook just because we don't want to upset the apple cart. We don't want to overlook just because we don't want to think that our kids could be thinking about that. But we want to deal with things, truth. We want to bring things to light. We want to, as the video said, steward these gifts of God that you've given us. So we open up ourselves to hear the Holy Spirit who is our teacher, who is our comforter. And we'll not live out of fear, but we will trust your voice that if there is something that we need to deal with, that you will bring it to our attention and that you will give us the wisdom in what to say, how to say it, and when to say it so that the receivers will be ready to hear. And Father, we know that when we plant that seed in love, that it'll bring forth the harvest that we desire. Your word is sure. You promised us that if we train up our children in the way they should go, they will not depart from it. We put our faith and we put our trust in that. You didn't call us to steward these children without giving us the ability to do it. So we don't lean to what Google says and we don't lean to what the books say or what the influencers say. We lean to you for you are the ultimate father and you are the one that knows our children's hearts. Show us their hearts, Father. Show us their hearts. Teach us how to deal with them accordingly. And we will see our children and these generations continue to rise up to be strong men and women of God who can face anything that this culture throws at them through the power of your word and the help of your Holy Spirit. And to you we know praise, glory, and honor will come from their light. And darkness will be dispelled and many will come into the kingdom because of the simple actions we took as parents according to your word. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. The church said, Amen. Amen.